Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life podcast. It has been a hot minute since I've been on here, probably about a week or maybe a week and a half or two weeks. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, any support. If you guys are learning something, uh, very appreciative of that. Um, all understanding and all truth comes from the Father, of course. And um, we hold all things uh, to to Him. We have have to have everything with an open hand, with an open heart. And I think that that's the best approach in order to understand and know and learn truth, guys. Um, there has been a lot of crazy things going on uh, recently, uh, you know, in politics. And uh, tomorrow is the 21st. There's some type of pl- planetary alignment going on. There's some spiritual consciousness and some other things that are going on. I'm trying to figure it out myself, to be honest. But as I do that... Um, I want to get into a new series talking about the biblical laws on righteous judgment. Um, For those of you guys uh, who don't know, I actually started um, my teaching. I was actually released to start teaching um, in April of of this last year. And up to that point in time, I'd spent about two, two and a half, three years um, truly studying um, the scriptures in a very deep way um, before that time. Uh, it was a lot of churchianity, a lot of passion, a lot of zeal, a lot of fire, um, a lot of identity, a lot of uh, trying to understand who Christ is in me and that whole thing. Not getting into like Christ consciousness or uh, like New Age um, type of theology or living, but very much so uh, basically understanding, trying to understand the scriptures apart from the law um, and apart from um, a really good look at the law and the prophets. And so without the law and the prophets, guys, um, the scripture says it really clearly, Isaiah 820, to the law and to the testimony. If any man speaks not according to these, there is no light in him. And so we have to be so certain and so aware that when we are reading the scriptures, we have to look at it in light of what has already been spoken. And a lot of the apostles, a lot of the uh, the teachers, even the early church fathers, uh, they were pulling from the Old Testament and the understanding that's found in um, the the law, the prophet, and the Psalms. And of course, Paul says in Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen, that the law is spiritual. So we are under a new covenant because of the blood of Jesus. Um, we are under the new covenant because of what he has done by his sacrifice, what he has fulfilled um, in his first coming. But there is a second coming uh, to be to be announced. It's still coming and um, it is arriving. Uh, We are in the age of tabernacles. We are in the age of the millennial kingdom. Um, It is coming forth where Christ will be seen um, in his people. And that's uh, how First Thessalonians puts it. Um, I forget exactly the phraseology that that he uses, but he talks about how when he comes, um, he will come uh, in in a people. Uh, so he will be seen in a people. He will be glorified in a people too. And um, there's a lot to be said about that, guys. But there's a lot of amazing stuff going on. Yes, there's a lot of weird uh, stuff with COVID and the restrictions and politics and the election. But um, there's also also a lot of good stuff happening, too. And I think that uh, we have to take the good with the bad. We're in a, a, an unprecedented time 
living in an unprecedented time right now where there's a lot of theories, a lot of hypotheses about um, what could happen, what will happen, these types of things. But with that being said, we're going to get right into our teaching on the biblical laws on righteous judgment. If you guys turn to Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, you'll find this verse in there. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That is the ninth commandment of uh, ten commandments that God originally gave the Israelites as soon as they came out of Egypt. And it's essentially, uh, they're regulating. It's a regulatory law. And it's supposed to regulate things such as slander, perjury, lying, and uh, double witnesses needed to convict anyone of any sin. That is to say, if you lie uh, about someone committing a sin, if you try to create a smear campaign, if you try to point out or call out people, um, but you don't, you don't do it in a lawful manner, uh, there is definitely some consequences against people who do such things. You're actually breaking the law when you slander, um, when you lie uh, that is against somebody, and if you don't have a, a double witness, uh, a matter is not established. Because the scripture says that a matter is established on um, on two or three witnesses. But we have to know these laws, guys, because they're critical in order to discern correctly and to render righteous judgment. If you want to truly be judged righteously, if you want to be like Jesus, who always judged righteously because he always judged according to the uh, thoughts and intents of man's heart, but also he always used the, the law the spirit of the law as the standard for his judgment. Now, if you've done away with the law, like the church teaches, then you have no standard by which to judge other people. And if that's the case, then you essentially become a judge of your own law, right? And now you're judging people according to some standard that that is um, not objective in nature, but is actually subjective in nature and relative to your opinions, thoughts, and ideas. And that's a very... Um, well, that's a very tough line, I would say. So getting into slander, we're going to go over to Psalms 101.5. And in the NASB, it reads this. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. And most of the time when I'm on TikTok, I see a lot of this um, I see a lot of this on there, guys. I see a lot of slander. I see a lot of people calling each other out. I see a lot of people trying to defend the faith, being apologetic, um, apologists. I see a lot of people um, trying to defend Jesus, the Bible, but the way in which they are doing it and calling out other people is um, it's just not lawful. It doesn't um, it does not show properly the heart of God in his judgment. And so, um, and though, and not only that, but there is the haughtiness of people's hearts. There is the pride that comes with it too, which is just as much a sin as anything else, guys. So, in general, slander is falsely accusing another with the intent of destroying his reputation. When you falsely accuse somebody, that is to say, you don't have proof of the victim's guilt. It's just your opinion or maybe even a collective opinion of this person's guilt, right? But the actual proof isn't there. And so slander has to do with the intent of destroying the reputation without actual proof. And unfortunately, this is so commonplace, not only in the political sphere, not only in um, on public platforms, but it is it is commonplace in 
in places where it shouldn't be that common, to be honest. If we loved God, if we loved Jesus, if we were truly following him, then um, this would not be as common in the in the church. But unfortunately, it is. So. What happens when this slanderer uh, finds that he disagrees with somebody? Well, he'll go with other people. He'll get uh, he'll collect a group of people and he'll bring his opinions to them, hoping that they agree with him, hoping that they will come to share his opinion. And by definition, slander is always wrong because, firstly, it is an accusation that is implemented in an improper way. It is implemented improperly. Um, did you know that there is a proper way to implement an accusation? If you accuse somebody of something, did you know that there is a lawful and legal way that God looks at that he says this is the right way to do it? You don't just get to accuse people however you want to without any consequences, without any legally binding uh, consequences. I don't think that most believers, most Christians are not aware that their words have so much power and so much meaning. In fact, they will be judged by every word that they speak, every careless word that they speak, every false accusation that they made, every wrong judgment that they've made. They will stand in judgment for these things. And I, I don't think that that is a very important thing for them. That's not very taught. It's not taught very well in, in, in the churches, um, at least not, none that I've been in. I've been in church my whole life. And um, to this day, still don't hear any, don't hear much on it. And we don't hear how it connects really to the law. That is to say, uh, slander and, of course, the, the ninth commandment, which is not bearing false witness against your neighbor. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an example here. Dr. Doongoody, a pastor, had a problem. His Bible teacher in his congregation was getting too popular, a little too popular, due to his knowledge, his eloquence, and his personality. The problem was that if he were to ever disagree with the pastor, a large share of the congregation might agree with him, and then there could be a danger of the splitting of the church. Fearing a church split over an issue in the future that might arise, Pastor Doogoody, or Dungoody viewed this Bible teacher with some suspicion and with some jealousy, watching him for signs that might indicate trouble. It was not long before this Bible teacher committed an offense. The pastor immediately seized the opportunity to protest against the teacher. He got up into the pulpit the following next week and exposed the sin in the camp, quote-unquote. Complete with scripture and denunciation and all the tears and love, quote-unquote, he could muster. The Bible teacher was shocked by the fact that he had been given no private hearing, but was accused in public at first. The lack of love left him hurt and embittered, and so he left the church never to return again. The pastor was then delighted to give a follow-up sermon entitled, Wolves in Sheep's Clothing Never Repent. This, guys, is the story of so many people outside the church today. This might be your story, where you might have felt the wrath of God pronounced upon you by an unloving church, or might have, might have you even pronounced the judgment on somebody and unknowingly. But uh, this unloving church, whose philosophy was to cut the cancer, had no real desire to restore the sinner or to come to any understanding with the offender or the sinner. Such preachers... Such people who do these things disguise their slander with scripture and hide truly their inner motives. And in this case, it was fear by masking it with concern for the church. And what you and I need to understand and know is that the purpose of God is that all sinners should be brought into full fellowship with God and with men. As God sees it, the real purpose of the law is to teach righteousness. As we see in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9, when the earth experiences thy judgment, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. 
Thus, you guys, the divine law is to be implemented in a very positive way in order to bring about the restoration of the sinner, not his destruction, not his uh, pushing away, but to bring him, bring him back, guys, to bring, uh, to restore him. And of course, guys, this can only be done if the person is motivated by love and meekness. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, we read, Brethren, if any man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to your own self, lest you to be tempted. Tempted with what? That you might be caught in a trespass, that you might get caught violating the law of God because your approach was not loving and kind and merciful. Did you know that to love God and to love neighbors, to fulfill, uh, is the, the law and the prophets hang on those two commands. That's it. Love God, love others. But there are, the law is, is meant and to help guide us. It's meant to mentor us and to help us do that, guys. Because we cannot do that on our own. We have been born into a world where it is okay to call out people and to accuse them falsely and to slander people and to create smear campaigns and to judge unrighteously. We, that, that is our, our default. That's what we see all the time, to call people out, to yell, to argue, to debate, to push people's buttons, to cause them to want to uh, walk away from, to win an argument because we think it's good versus evil. But really, guys, when you do that, when we act in such a way, we are breaking the law. A trespass is to fall, fall short of the law, to uh, miss the mark. It's sin. So we who are spiritual and you who are spiritual had to restore such a one in gentleness, lest you break the law yourself, lest you be t too tempted to break the law by not coming with love and meekness and gentleness. The slanderer is malicious in this sense, that he aims to provoke his victim to outright rebellion. It's like he's trying to get him to, to squirm. He's trying, he wants to push his buttons because he knows if I just do this, if I can calculate and dilate this right, then I can make him look stupid. I can make him look dumb. And then he's going to protect his pride. And then he will uh, attack me back. And then um, I will be justified in my correction of this person. Let's go back to Pastor Dungoody. Pastor Dungoody was bright enough to realize that if he approached the problem scripturally and restored him, the Bible teacher could remain in the church and be a better, pers better person for the correction, and thus would continue to gain popularity. Thus, the pastor's problem would still be there. But if he could provoke the teacher into reacting to the false accusation, the law would then have grounds to judge him. And so the obvious solution was to attack him from the pulpit by slander, knowing that this victim would then react to this lack of love by fighting back in like manner. Slander, you guys, cannot bring God's lawful judgment upon the victim of slander. No, it's not possible. It's not possible. When the victim, when the victim's reaction to slander is unlawful, he too falls into condemnation too, right? Because he's now approaching someone with an unloving and unmerciful and um, a not righteous judgment, right? 
Um, and this is why Jesus talks about this all the time. He says, judge not lest you be judged. We're going to get into that measure by which we judge other people because there's a lot of people out there who, who, whose measure is um, themselves and not God. And unfortunately, um, people can't meet the standards, uh, y- our standards. We can't meet the personal standards of somebody else, but we can, uh, we can f- meet God's standards. Um, because otherwise he wouldn't have told us, hey, the law is not actually difficult for you to keep. It's not. He says that in First John chapter 5. He says it's, it's not burdensome. It's actually not hard to keep. Matter of fact, the law is near to you. It's in your heart, guys. Um, so, again, we don't want to get into these points where um, we don't want to get into these points where we're, we're, we are our standard of judgment, where our law our um, subjective law is the standard by which we judge other people. And generally speaking, that is most people's standard. Most people use the tradition of men to as their standard. Most people use that to judge other people. And they say, well, no, this is God's standard. But actually, no, it's, it's not God's standard. It's your standard and everyone else who's around you who has taught you that. Uh, you're parroting something. You're parroting a tradition that comes from man who is fallen, uh, specifically carnal man, the carnal man, the fleshly man, which is different than the spiritual man. You have the fleshly man, and then you have the spiritual man. And the fleshly man is always about division, enmity, strife, um, creating chaos, um, and all under the guise uh, of this scripture and all under the guise of loving the church and all under the guise of protecting and defending the faith when really it's just about um, them. It's pride. It's about the flesh living and surviving so that they can um, produce destruction. It's terrible and it's sad and it's, we're, it's we see it all too much in this day and age. So, of course, when the slandered, the victim of slander, reacts back with slander, he falls into condemnation. And then the slanderer rejoices, right? He says, I did a good job. Yes. Uh, while he's outwardly crying for the, pu- for the benefit of the public. So then most of the people, though hurt, remain unaware of the underlying motives and politica- political game that's being played in their midst. They're being used as pawns. Hey, guys. Um, that's about it for, for this session right now. Next, uh, we're going to be talking about stumbling blocks. What's a stumbling block and how do we put them in people's way? And maybe you have been, uh, slandered or are slandering other people. And if that's the case, we have to take a good long look in the mirror and we have to say, well, uh, the true mirror, which is the word of God, right? Cause the word of God is our mirror. We look at it, uh, and we, we do those things which are, which are in it, of course. And, um, well, at least Christ in us does those things, right? And so um, I thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys got something valuable out of this. Um, if this is you, if you have been a, 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 a victim of slander, um, my my thoughts, my heart goes out to you. Um, and we have to bring those things before the Father. Um, of course, there are ways to deal with those who slander us. There are ways to deal. There's lawful ways and biblical ways 
um, and righteous ways to deal with those who have falsely accused us, who have called us out, who have tried to create a smear campaign on us. And, um, and well, it's important that we um, get, we go to him, go to the throne, go to the, the, the king, go to the high supreme court, and, uh, and bring the matter, bring the issue before him, and let him deal with it. And um, because of vengeance, the scripture says, vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. If you are a person who has slandered, maybe this is the first time you've heard this, and you're like, dude, I've been slandering people on TikTok. This totally stinks. Um, maybe it's the case that, uh, that you didn't know. Well, bring it before the Lord and, and repent and ask him to change your heart and to um and to bring you an understanding of how to judge righteously even when people disagree with us there's so many times when our pride uh gets strung strung up right because uh of other people they're not believing us they they disagreed with me we we aren't on the same page and um we have to die guys to the flesh have to the flesh must die. There's no saving him. And so if you have any issues or, or thoughts about, man, I don't know if my flesh is alive, you know, because there's only the spiritual person. It should be really the spiritual person. He says in Galatians 6, 1, he says, you who are spiritual should restore him. The fleshly man can't restore the sinner. The fleshly man um, is still sinning. You can't have a sinner restoring another sinner to the righteousness of God. No, um, we're talking about specifically those who practice sinning, right? We say those who are spiritual, those who have self-control, those who are showing the fruits of the spirit in their lives. Um, they are the ones who should bring about the correction. But if you are not showing the fruits of the spirit, um, if you are not mature in understanding um, the laws of God and how to rightly administer his truth, and his judgment, then you should not be calling out anybody, to be honest. You should not be calling out. You shouldn't be making videos like that. Um, you should not be doing it. It's not, you should, you just should not. And if you are, my, my encouragement is to stop doing it, please. Because um, there is a, a fine and heavy price for, for, for judging people unrighteously. Uh, in fact, the measure that you use, it will be judged back to you. And I don't know how that's going to look, but I can guarantee you um, it's going to look like some form of, of chastisement or punishment because God loves um, the one who he, ch he punishes and chastises. And if he doesn't chastise you, then you're not really a son. You're not you're an illegitimate child. So. That being said, I think I hit on all cylinders right now. We will see you guys on episode two where we talk about stumbling blocks. We're going to get into Leviticus chapter 19, verse 14, and kind of just engage there a little bit. Find out what's 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 happening in, in there. But uh, blessings to you guys. Peace from God, the Father, and from Jesus. And um, we'll see you next episode.